0: We will talk about Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson and Dalvin Cook and Zedaria Smith and who did well in the 2023 NFL draft. But of course, we're going to start with who the Vikings chose, what Jeff thinks of that. Jeff, of course, oversaw a lot of drafts as the Vikings general manager and the president of the Tennessee Titans. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider with Jeff, our producer Brandon Morton. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. This is TalkNorth.com. Check out... The website for all of our shows, including the Viking Update Show, uh, great chin music show with Royce Molly and Lavelle Neal, uh, tons of hockey content, variety shows, outdoor content. Thanks for listening. If you lo- find a show you like, including this one, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free, it is the easiest way to listen. And thanks to our longtime sponsor here, White Bear Lake Superstore, dot com. All right, Jeff, uh, go whatever direction you like. What did you think of the, the Vikings draft and the draft in general?
1: Yeah, I, I thought that. It went fairly well, and I gave the Vikings a, a B plus. <laughs> I, I did my grading on my thirty third team writing. I, I I was I graded every team in the NFL and, and gave the Vikings a B plus. They weren't quite at the A level. That I had a couple of teams such as oh let's see I had the Steelers, the Giants, the Seahawks with A's. The Eagles were just under that because I'm still not sold on Jalen Carter, but we'll see how that works out. I think he went to the perfect team, the the problematic defensive tackle from Georgia going to the Eagles. But I think Jordan Addison is a very good pick at a neat position. When you consider uh, Kevin O'Connell wants to run the three-wide receiver offense as the base offense, and so if he didn't quite trust Jalen Rager or Jalen Naylor to be that third guy and I don't blame him that he doesn't necessarily trust those guys at this point when he's got two good guys obviously a great player in, in Jefferson and a good player in KJ Osborne I think Jordan Addison brings another element in terms of adding a very proficient receiver who was the Blitnikoff winner at Pittsburgh, had phenomenal numbers in 2021 before he transferred to USC, and his numbers fell off a little bit. But he, he's a guy, 17 touchdown passes his last year at Pitt, and it shows you he's a red zone guy. He's an elite route runner with great hands. And so in that respect, he'll kind of be like Adam Thielen was, who was a great route runner with great hands. And, and Addison, at this stage of his career, compared to, to, to Adam, is probably a little faster. But he'll have to learn the ropes because Adam Thielen certainly knew the ropes and knew how to get open in the NFL. So, but I, I think it, it, it's a good pick of Addison. I, I thought that a starting caliber corner was the Vikings' biggest need going into this draft. And with, with uh, Blackman in the third round, Addison's teammate from USC – it looks like they got a good value corner at that spot. He's got some good skills, ball skills, had three interceptions, 12 passes defense last season, but he's going to have to develop quickly because I'm just not sure they're at the stage where they can trust Andrew Booth Jr. to stay healthy and a Caleb Evans. He's talking about trying to tackle differently, so he's not using his head and have the concussion issues. Booth has just had so many injury issues throughout his, his college years. It, I think it'll be a, a pleasant surprise if he can stay healthy and, and play 17 games for the Vikings. And then Byron Murphy Jr., the, the, the addition through free agency. So we'll see about that corner spot. I, th- I still think it's a big question mark going into the season, and Blackman's a guy that they need to develop fairly quickly. I thought the rest of the draft, Jim, went pretty well. I, I like what I see uh, uh, from just from Jay Ward, for example, who we talk about corners. He's actually a, a safety and a nickel corner perhaps, but had, has some good production at LSU uh, with six interceptions the last three years. He's a, he's a hitter. He can also block some kicks kind of brings the element that Patrick Peterson as a kick blocker did. And, and Roy, the defensive tackle from LSU, so J- Justin Jefferson will have a two a couple of LSU guys that he can he can work with from his former school, and and Roy is a, a guy on the interior. He can help potentially replace Dalvin Tomlinson's production. We'll see about that, but he supposedly is in a, ascending players, which is what you want to hear. I think the fifth round cornerback J- Jaron Hall is going to be just kind of a developmental guy and compete for a backup job he's he's not a threat to kirk cousins especially in the next couple of years but he has some good numbers and he's a dual threat quarterback and so we'll see how he develops and i think the 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 last pick the vikings had Dwayne mcbride from uab a very talented guy i had 1700 yards rushing and 19 tds uh in in his career and uh, or last year and, and so he, he's a guy he didn't catch the ball much he's gonna have to show he can do that but but he has a good chance to make it especially if Dalvin Cook is eventually traded or released which I think is still the expectation and and we'll see how that plays out but but I thought the Vikings did fine in this draft but then again we said that last year and the draft ended up being basically of, of almost no help other than Ed Ingram uh, the offensive guard who started every game he had his growing pain. So I think the draft looks good on paper, but again, have to see how it plays out. And I always laugh, Jim, when, when we talk about draft grades, and I get this major project from the 33rd team to grade every team's draft. And and for years and years, forever, I've said, you can't grade a draft right after the draft until at least two years and and usually three years, and sometimes it takes even longer such so as for the Packers, Jordan Love is going into his fourth year, so you really can't even grade the 2020 draft for Green Bay yet. And and here I was grading everybody's draft.
0: <laughs> it's the way it works in our business, Jeff. <clears throat> People yeah. want what they want. And, and hey, <clears throat> I think if we all accept that nobody knows anything, then everybody gets to just throw out their random opinion, and we can check in three, a year, two, three, four years later and see if anybody actually got it right.
1: <laughs> exactly right. And, yeah, all, all the mock drafts and – they're all thrown out the window early when when the Texans traded up to the, to have the second and third pick in the draft. And so it's it's humorous. Will Levis was supposed to be a top ten pick. He ends up going uh, second pick in the second round of the Titans after his draft fall. And isn't it painful to watch those poor guys in the whatever they call it the green room <laughs> when they're when they're sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting? I I feel so bad for those players that that have the fall and of course the tv cameras are focused on them nonstop when when that fall starts so but will levis will come into the league with a chip on his shoulder certainly
0: uh, well i thought the least uh surprising thing about the entire draft was will levis dropping to the second round i just didn't like him i still don't like him i think the titans uh drafted because of need not because they actually love the player i just don't i just don't like will levis as a quarterback prospect
1: yeah i think he, he's he's very questionable he's got a big arm he's got some athletic ability but he's a little a little too cocky for for my taste in a quarterback coming in and and he he needs to be a little more humble and th- this could go the other direction he could be even worse now <laughs> after going falling to the second round we'll see I, I think I think people who are humble uh, play out much better with their teammates I think it's interesting Jim when you when you kind of see what's going on with Aaron Rodgers in New York for example and that he's talking up Garrett Wilson that he's the next Devontae Adams he's talking about how excited he is to be in New York City and uh, even though even though the Jets train in, in Jersey <laughs> and play in Jersey but be that as it may and so Rogers is uh, is having some fun looks like he's a little rejuvenated too and m- maybe that'll play out well for him speaking of chips on their shoulder you know he's going to have a, a huge one in wanting to show the Packers they made a mistake
0: No doubt about it. Uh, One thing John and I talked about on the Viking Update show, the Vikings take a seventh-round running back, uh, Dwayne McBride, as you mentioned, very productive his senior year, has good measurables. Uh, I guess I'm mildly surprised that Mo Ibrahim, after a great college career, didn't even get drafted and went to – then chose to sign with a team that just drafted first-round running back and signed a free agent running back in David Montgomery. I just – I really, I love the way the guy plays. I love what he did at the University of Minnesota. I would like to see him end up in a better situation.
1: Yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. And I think sometimes players have to be very careful in undrafted players. And that's one of the things we emphasize at IFA, our Asian firm, is that it's not about the most signing bonus when you're talking about between $5,000 and $20,000, it's about the best opportunity. And and so will that be the best opportunity for Mo when they've got Montgomery, when they've got Gibbs that they drafted out of Alabama in the first round? We'll see. But I, I think that he's a, a quality player. I think he'll have a, a good opportunity to, to make the Lions team. And, and I think that he will be a contributor over time and, I don't know how much he can do on special teams, and that could be a a, a problem for him because he probably didn't play any special teams at the at the at the U. But especially his last several years, so I think I think Mo well, Ibrahim is a good player. I think he'll have a place in in the NFL somewhere if it's not in Detroit, somewhere else.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about quarterbacks. Uh, we will get more to, into Dalvin Cook and Jerry Smiths. Uh, situation in future shows, but for today, let's talk about everything that the Vikings said, everything that Kirk Cousins said, everything that's going on at the quarterback position around the league, but first, let's uh, thank our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jim. I'm always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, and my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell. They're fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super-friendly premium team, check out their great website you just mentioned, White Bear Lake Superstore.com, and you will see 0.9% APR on GMC Sierra 1500 models, 2.49% APR on Buick Encore GXs, plus a $750 purchase allowance, 1.9% APR on GMC Terrains with a $750 purchase allowance, no monthly payments for 90 days on all these great vehicles, the White Bear Lake Superstore is the used HD trucks headquarters, and they are the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC is a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut, so visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at Superstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grades.
0: So Kirk Cousins was very diplomatic and realistic during his uh, media chat this week. The Vikings say keep on saying they love Kirk Cousins. The reality is that no extension happened this winter. Uh, he is not signed past this year, and uh, the Vikings were known to have really coveted Anthony Richardson in the draft, and obviously had no chance at trading up and getting him. What What do you make of the Vikings' current and future quarterback situation at the moment? Yeah, I think I think that.
1: That Kirk is should, should have a career in politics, Jim. I, I think that he knows exactly what to say when to say it, and did exactly that in this media con- uh, session this week, talking about there's no entitlement in the NFL and that you should always have to prove yourself. And he's had to do it on four different occasions in the NFL. He had to do it in high school. He had to do it in college. He he knows what it's all about. I think that. The Vikings tried to get an extension done, perhaps. And as we've talked before, I think the Daniel Jones contract at $40 million a year skewed everything. And then since then, the quarterback deals have gotten even, even bigger. Jalen Hurts, of course, coming off the Super Bowl, deservedly so. And now Lamar Jackson topped that one at, at 50, over $50 million a year. And, and so is Hurts. I think that Kirk... His price tag has risen probably to the 40 to 45 million a year range. And I'm not sure that that quasi Adolfo Menza wants to go there with him, but I think he may eventually do it depending on, on how things proceed this year. I still think that Kirk will be extended at some point, especially with not drafting a quarterback early, as you said, Richardson, a potential target, but but he went what, number four overall to Indianapolis, so so that one never played out. He would have had to get to at least nine or ten before the Vikings would have had the ability to trade up for him, and obviously they weren't interested in Levis, which you and I agree is probably not necessarily a, a great fit here. Hendon Hooker was an interesting guy, uh, and he, he's going to Detroit, but he lasted until, what, the third round, so yep, I think the Cousins... He's in a good place mentally, and and he knows he's got a, a talented offense around him. The whole offensive line is back. Dalvin Cook is still a question mark, but Madison's back, and they've got some other reinforcements in, in the backfield. And then Addison comes as a third receiver. Hawkinson was a huge addition last year. He's in a good spot, and he knows it. And now he's got to go out and, and perform again, and hey – with, with all the money he's made in the league, I don't think he's real nervous about it. <laughs> it's it's well, not I'm, like it's not like he's he's heading to to uh, to the poverty line if he if he doesn't make it here.
0: <laughs> no, no doubt about it. Now let's let's talk about what you think of the division now that we've seen most of free agency and the draft play out. I look at it and say the Vikings should win the division again. I'm not really completely sold to the Lions making another major leap, uh, even if they're competitive. We don't. I don't think. We know you have in uh, Jordan Love. I think the Bears are still a ways away. What, what's your view?
1: I, I think that the division uh, did pretty well in the draft, generally speaking. Uh, the Bears had, had a bunch of picks, and Darnell Wright at number 10 overall. He'll help protect Justin Fields, who was uh, sacked 55 times league high last year. Uh, I think some of the other guys they drafted to help that defense – should be good players. Stevenson, an aggressive corner in the second round, could be a starter. Uh, Dexter, the defensive tackle, is a, a very athletic defensive tack player, and so I, I think the Bears, especially with their free agent additions, are, are going to be a team on the rise, but not not a threat this year. The Lions, I gave them a C plus. I, I was not impressed with with their first round picks, even though Jamar Gibbs is a very talented player, but to take him at number 12 overall, I thought was a little bit of a reach and Jack Campbell at number 18 as an inside linebacker. I thought that they could have found more impactful players. A bunch of the top corners were still on the board and they passed on them. Laporta in the second round at at tight end. He, he's not a, he's no Hawkinson and they passed on Michael Mayer, who was a, a higher-rated tight end, who went to the Raiders on the next pick. So I think that the Lions have, yeah, they've added players, especially in free agency, guys like Gardner Johnson and Cam Sutton in the secondary. They're going to be the more impactful guys. And Gibbs, I think, will be a good player. It made a little more sense after they traded DeAndre Swift, but only getting a fourth-round pick for a guy who's got a lot of talent but has had a hard time staying healthy. And so he goes to Philly. The Packers pick of, of Lucas Van Ness kind of interesting for a guy who was not a full time starter at Iowa, and and then they take Musgrave the the tight end and, and Jaden Reed, both pretty talented players. Musgrave the uh, at tight end and Reed at uh, at wide receiver to help Jordan Love. <clears throat> so, I think that that they will be good players, but. I don't think the Packers knocked it out of the park with with Van Ness in the first round. We'll see. And so you look at the division, I still think it's the Vikings and the Lions who are going to be battling it out. And, And I think Chicago and Green Bay will be bringing up the rear, but you never know how it turns out. So it overall, I think the Vikings did fine. And, but again, we will know soon how, how how much contribution they get from this draft class going forward.
0: So you were on the management side in a lot of high-leverage contract negotiations. We've talked a lot about you know what happened with Dolman and how you dealt with Chris Carter and all, all all kinds of you know great players through the years. Now you work with an agency, IFA, you you work in the media as well, you've kind of seen things from all angles. At this point, now that the deal is finally done, what do you make of the way Lamar J- Jackson and the Ravens handled that negotiation?
1: Well, I, I was happy to see that, that Lamar finally came off of that fully guaranteed contract. I think the Jalen Hurts deal helped in that regard, that he saw that, that Hurts, whatever, got $170, $180 million guaranteed out of his 200 plus deal. And I think that that helped to turn the tide. I, I was a, a little surprised, honestly, that that it ended up being a five year deal with with that much guaranteed money. After all of their going back and forth for a year, and and now the big question is: Can Can Lamar stay healthy after missing eleven games the last two seasons, including the postseason last year? He's certainly a talented guy. I think they really helped him. I think that is another thing that that's got him cranked up is is having. Odell Beckham Jr. there. He'll have uh, Bateman coming back, the former Gopher. And, and then, they, then they pick, Zay Flowers in the first round. So all of a sudden, a, a very weak spot for the Ravens, their receiver core, looks very strong. And, and that's going to definitely help Lamar Jackson be able to have success. But he's going to have to figure out how to protect himself when he runs and, and just try to overcome this injury bug or this is not going to work out very well for the Ravens, especially.
0: Let's get a final thought from Jeff. Again, check out the rest of TalkNorth.com. Chin Music on the Twins, great show. Uh, We have John Millay on preps, Jeff Diamond, of course, on the NFL and the Vikings. We have the Viking Update show, the John Krasinski show, all kinds of insights about the Timberwolves and their state. Uh, We have Dave Lee, Joe Anderson on doing kind of their fun variety shows. We have uh, Mike Grimm on the Gophers. Tons of outdoor content. Again, if you find a show you like, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton, and our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. All right, Jeff, final thought on anything you like.
1: Yeah, I think the Dalvin Cook situation is one that that we're going to really be watching closely. I I don't really expect Darius Smith back this year, but I think Dalvin Cook is a really interesting case and, and what's going to happen there? I, I think that the Vikings tried to trade him to Miami. And then when Miami drafted the running back in the third round, who's, who's got a lot of talent, I think that, that knocked that one away. Dalvin is going to have a hard time being able to play for the $11 million in compensation this year with what's going on in the running back market, as we've talked repeatedly on. And so is is he going to be willing to take a little bit of a pay cut to stay here potentially or be traded elsewhere? I don't know how this one's going to turn out. I I still think that they're going to move on from him at some point because the Vikings only have about $2 million of cap space. They need probably double that to sign their draft class. And, And the other thing with the salary cap that we've talked about is that right now, only the top 51 players count. When you get to the final cut, all the players count, including players on injured reserve, practice squad, everybody. And so they need more money to be able to function this year. And that's going to come at this stage, going to have to come from Zadarius Smith with somewhere in the 8 to $10 million range and Dalvin Cook in the 6 to $8 million range. Maybe Smith alone can, can free up that money. And maybe Cook will take a little bit of a pay cut. But I just have a hard time seeing Dalvin agreeing to a pay cut to stay here when he's had, what, four straight 1,000-yard rushing seasons. It's just I know that the players, and, and we talk to our players all the time, about you can't let your pride get in the way. You have to understand what the market is. But that's going to be a tough one for him, I think, to, to take to stay here. I think maybe going somewhere else with a slight reduction And maybe with with a bunch of incentives, if he's a 1,500-yard rusher, a 2,000-yard combined guy, that he can make up the money. And maybe in that respect, he might end up staying here. But I, I still think he's on the
0: move. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think Miami still makes some sense. I think we can get into it more next week or later in the month, but there's a June 1st or June 2nd date that kind of works well for the uh, Dolphins clearing some cap space from the Vikings having incentive to trade him at that point. So it's still still on the table. We'll get more into the permutations of that in a future uh, show. This is Jeff Diamonds, Vikings and NFL Insider. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com, and we'll be, be talking to you again soon.